Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Draft Nation. My name is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. For those of you who don't know who we are, members of Draft Nation believe that sports drafts deserve more coverage. Uh, in fact, daily coverage, as each year professional drafts in all four major sports set records for viewership and attendance. And this year was no different for all four uh, draft coverages. So on Draft Nation, this podcast will be featuring a few things. You will see weekly in-depth analysis on draft prospects for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. We'll break down free agent frenzies and how they may affect your team's draft strategies. We'll talk potential trades for your favorite teams. We'll talk salary cap impacts for your favorite teams. And last but not least, we will also talk uh, over, or excuse me, Draft Nation will all offer analysis on each of your favorite teams and their positional needs for future drafts. But before we drop the puck tonight, we want to thank our sponsor, Caliente's Pizza and Draft House, home of the world's best pizza. Check them out on worldsbestpizza.com. Uh, and without further ado, Draft Nation goes on the clock for the first time ever. Tonight, it is a pleasure for me to introduce our two guests. First, from Philly to L.A., Mr. East Coast to West Coast, Mark Mancini, and then Emmett Mann, one of the four horsemen of the draft apocalypse over at Draft 412, Draft Nations affiliated in Pittsburgh and home to the best draft coverage in the Berg. Welcome, gents. We are now on the clock. How are you guys doing this evening? Oh, blessed. Blessed to be a part of this, my friend, and uh, the show that's sweeping the country that's going to continue to sweep the country. Uh, we're doing very well and very honored and uh, uh, glad to be a part of this podcast. Looking forward to it. And uh, as as one of the four horsemen, I'm probably Arn Anderson, for those of you that have watched our podcast. <laughs> I, I tend to be the enforcer. <laughs> yeah, he's not Mr. Congeniality, I'll tell you that. So you're going to get the straight dope from, uh, from Mr. Man over there. So look, guys, this past Two weeks have been a whirlwind. We had the NHL draft followed up by the NHL feeding frenzy for free agency a few days after that. Uh, And then just uh, two days ago, we had the Major League Baseball draft. So uh, I know we're going to talk about each of these separately tonight. Lead off, let's start with Major League Baseball draft. A few things I noticed, first of all, which was kind of strange, there were no left-handed pitchers taken in the first round, which used to be, you know, like sort of the commodity to chase. Uh, And I saw that only two lefties at all went on day one of the draft. And for the first time ever, we saw two players from the same school drafted, number one and number two in the draft. Uh, And that includes LSU's Paul Skeens going to the Pirates and then Dylan Cruz making history by going uh, to the Washington Nationals. But, Emmett, I'm going to put you on the clock first here. Um, Which of these teams, any of the first round – let me put it this way. Any of the teams in the first round, who are the winners and the losers of round one, in your opinion? Well, I would say, you know, the Pirates are a winner – uh, with schemes, if you saw the the, the panel of experts were just glowing over that pick, calling him generational, uh, just uh, you know overflowing with superlatives. Uh, the Nationals, who in my opinion got the best player, uh, I, I like what the Rangers did snagging uh, Langford uh, at the uh, uh, at the fourth slot. 
it's a guy that can move quickly, like the first three, uh, the the first two picks, and could be marrying up with that just obscene young talent coming through their system. Uh, the Mariners with three first round picks yet in front of their home fans, definitely uh, winners. Losers, well. Uh, the Dodgers and the Mets, because of their violating the the, uh, the tax, uh, had their spots knocked down ten spots. Uh, the Athletics, because they lost the draft lottery, and then they took, I believe, Jacob Wilson too soon. And the Angels, I, I think uh, Nolan uh, uh, Chanel, uh nice player, but again, as as the Angels have a tendency to do. They drafted a guy too early, and in a draft this deep, uh, you know, you you got to get close to where these guys are ranked. You know, I I, I agree with you there. I mean, you you hit on a, on a couple of things. I mean, the Pirates. I think I personally, as a Pirate fan, was disappointed that they went for Dylan Cruz, or they didn't go for Dylan Cruz. But you know, it's hard to argue against schemes, like you said. I mean, he's a generational talent, and and when you have your choice between. Uh, potential Bryce Harper and a potential uh, Steven Strasburg, it's hard to kind of turn away from that pitching. I, I, I get it. And, and we, we saw what Charrington did the rest of the night. I mean, the guy went deep into pitching on day one. He went deep into pitching on day two. Uh, he went uh, crazy on pitching and, and focused a lot on the SEC. But, Mark, what, who are your winners and losers of the MLB draft? Well, I think when, you, you know, Emmett broke it down perfect. I think when you, you looked at – you know, schemes, I thought to myself, I would have went after Dylan Cruz because Dylan Cruz is one of those five-tool guys, kind of reminds me of Bryce Harper. And then I thought the thing that probably scared the Pirates was, or maybe they just didn't figure, you know, this kid wanted the $10 million signing bonus. He's represented by Scott Boris. So I kind of said, well, you know what, Let, let somebody else deal with it. Let's get somebody that kind of fits the city. And Schemes fits the city. He fits that grind. He fits that grit. He's got that four-seam fastball. He's got the slider. He's got the, you know, if you looked at his stats at LSU, I think there were 50 innings where, you know, three up, three down. He's a a two-way player, so he can hit. So even if his arm becomes dead, he can still hit the ball as far as a position player. So I think the Pirates looked at that, and they stood there and said, you know what, we got a good nucleus here, and when you look at the Pirates, the nucleus they have is you have the Hayes's, you have the Henry Davises, two years removed from Louisville. You have those type of guys, the O'Neill Cruises, and they're building a great foundation in Pittsburgh where, you know what, let's get some more pitching to compensate a Keller, and I think Skeens is going to be a big help. He's going to probably be in Pittsburgh within a couple years. You know, you got to hone your skills in the minors down there in Bradenton and, you know, come through the minor league system. But I like that. I think the biggest loser here is the Detroit Tigers taking a high school kid because if a kid coming out of high school that's had a brilliant career, the first thing I'm looking at, Joe and Emmett, is I'm looking at what kind of people did he face in high school. You know, if he went to college, you know, then I can see something, um, you know, as you're going through the ranks and stuff. Um, another uh, kid that you uh, want to look at, you brought up an interesting point. No left-handers were taken in this thing, but I think the Red Sox who picked that kid, Keel, the catcher, the guy's going to be a winner. He's a winner. The Arizona pick that uh, toy out of uh, Stanford, I think, great, another good hitter too. So there's some winners in there, and then there's some you kind of, you know, you scratch your head. 
couldn't figure out where the Reds were going with their pick. I think the kid out of Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I think the you know I think the Pirates and Nationals are going to have uh, you know a good say of this thing. I just think you know, and Emmett, we talked about this in the uh, pre-chat. I don't think the kid's going to last in Washington because he's going to want so much money that he'll stick there. And once he's you know eligible to get out of there, it's a big market thing for Dylan Cruz. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. um, Mark just kind of hit on something. I mean, Skeens was first off the board. It wasn't a monster surprise, but it was a a little a little bit of a surprise, knowing that for many months leading up, the odds-on favorite was Cruz. Was this the right choice for the Pirates? I mean, should they have gone Skeens here instead of Cruz, or you know, do you agree with him? And and you know, should they have gone for the hitter instead of the pitcher? Uh I I will always take a guy that can impact 150 games a year over a guy that can impact 30. Uh, I, I think in some Pirate fans' uh, nightmares, they still see uh, are haunted by a 98-win season uh, with a real chance to go all the way to get snuffed out by Nolan Baumgartner. Uh, and, and so I think uh, uh, the idea of having a shutdown guy if you get to the postseason uh, will be of some comfort, but you know, just for for a team that has struggled for years to find a leadoff guy, and there's someone sitting there for that got on base every game of his last year at LSU, and to pass on him, I I think it's a mistake. Time will tell, and if you're making decisions based on somebody uh, who the who the agent is, you know maybe. <laughs> you know, this will go over well with pirate fans. Maybe you shouldn't be owning a club. <laughs> I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. So, Mark, uh, you know, of the big five, I mean, let's face it, this draft, like the NBA draft, like the NHL draft, was outrageously deep. Uh, and of the big five, you have Skeens that went to the Pirates. Cruz obviously fell to the Nats. You mentioned in, in your opening remarks about Max Clark going to, to the Tigers. You had Langford, who on many boards was the number two pick, uh, you know, and he he falls to to the Rangers, uh, and then you've got Jenkins that that goes to the Twins. You know, fast forward the clock for us here. I know that we we're all about drafting and you know and prospects, but if you can fast forward the clock three, four, even five years, which of these guys, which of these the big five, makes the best pro and why? Well, I, I, I think my top three on this thing are the two LSU guys and the Florida guys. And if you're telling me to go down the ladder a little more, I like what Oakland picked up in, uh, you know, uh, Jacob Wilson there. I think he's going to be better than his dad. I just think he's bigger. And in, in it won't be in Oakland. It'll be in Vegas. So I think that's where the thing is going to be. But um I think the downside of this is I don't know, you know, what what Detroit was thinking on this going with the high school guy, but I think the Rangers it kind of fell in their lap, and and that Langford kid reminds me of Steve Bushell. He's going to be a consistent force at third base, you know, each and every year, and that's what you want. You want a hot commodity at the corner that's very consistent, and I think that's what Langford gives you there. As far as Dylan Cruz, I'm telling you right now, I think Dylan Cruz could be the next Bryce Harper. I like the kid's stance, I like the kid's swing, and I like the kid's swagger. 
and I think Washington's going to get a big time piece there. Uh, but Pittsburgh is it, it, they're going to they're going to get somebody that's going to fit the city, and he's going to be a longevity in that city. As far as I, I, I can see him being a big part of this. You know, when the Steelers drafted uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, we we didn't know what we were getting with him. And here's a kid that fell in love with the city, embraced the city and everything. I can see Skeens doing the same thing. They're getting guys that want to be a part of the city and that want to be pirates. And I think it, attitude is everything when you look at this. Um, you know, you, you don't want to have somebody that wants a lot of money to come in there and disrupt an organization right off the bat, especially when you gave, you know, uh, Cruz and Keller big money. Here's a guy that has to prove himself before you want a big $10 million signing bonus. But I think what they did with Skeen's uh, guys is they, 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 they looked at this guy. He's a humble kid. He just wants to fit in, and you can see in his monotone and everything in his conversation, he's going to be a mainstay in Pittsburgh. Emin, how about you? Of, of those big five, uh, which is your favorite? Who do you think makes the, the best pro in the long run? Well, prob- probably Cruz, uh, simply because he's got so many tools. He's a guy that's going to be an elite-level uh, performer for 15 years, whether it's in Washington or if he moves on, uh, as Mark alluded to. Uh, Skeens, anytime you're talking about a pitcher, a guy that, that pumps 100-mile-an-hour gas, uh, you never know when that last pitch could come. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Pirate fans, I, I – didn't mean for the, the angel of death to just walk through your soul here, but that's that just kind of happens. Um, five years from now, Clark and Jenkins are probably just coming into their own as major leaguers. Langford, uh, Langford's an interesting one to me. Langford could be a monster when he gets into that warm, dry air of the summer in Texas. Um, but I, I, I put this caveat, and it's a small one because I don't think it'll happen. But I'm always leery of college sluggers making the transition. I, I look back to a couple of years ago, the the first baseman out of Rice, Luke and Baker, who just hit every ball for you know a mile, and I think he's he's I think he's still stuck at AAA in the Cardinal system, or he or he even may have been moved for all I know. Uh, but I think Cruz is is if, if I had to put the uh, a stack of chocolate chip cookies on one guy, I, I, I put it on the cruise line. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, look, we're, we're going to transition here a little bit. We're going to talk NHL hockey. Uh, they, too, had a draft, and they, too, had a free agent frenzy that, that jumped off on, on July 1. Uh, the draft and, and free agency went almost back-to-back. This was the Connor Bedard draft, and just like baseball, uh, there was a glut of potential generational talent where you had five guys that literally, if there were any other draft could have gone first overall, except, you know, the league's been waiting for Connor Bedard to get old enough for to, to fall into this. This is one of the deepest drafts in years. Uh, and what I found intriguing about it was there are plenty of U S and Europe, you know, like European talent that went in the first round, perhaps more than usual. Um, and uh, Chicago for me, obviously was the big winner, not just, when the lottery ball popped out uh, and uh, had them taking Bedard. But, you know, they, they had two picks in the first round, and people are forgetting about Oliver Moore. Oliver Moore is as fast as fast gets. He's the fastest player I've seen on the ice. You watch him in any of his prospect films, 
the guy, it, it, it makes everybody else look like they're standing still. I mean, he's as fast as Pavel Bure. Um, he's, as, he's as fast as anybody that we've seen in the last 10 years come out. And I think that's going to make one heck of a one-two punch for the Blackhawks and the Hawk fans uh, over the next 10 years when those guys are ready to play together. It looks like Bedard's obviously going to be, be up and Moore's a couple of years away. Uh, but those, I, I, I ha- it's hard to say it because it's almost too easy to say. I think Chicago was the big winner of the night. But, you know, Mark, which which of the NHL teams uh, were winners and losers for you in round one? Where, where's your head with that? Well, I, I will tell you, I, I, I like Bedard, you know, and I think he's going to be better than McDavid. And, and people might think I'm smoking something. No, I don't smoke and I'm not drinking nothing. No, I don't drink. <laughs> Because I, I like this kid's makeup. I think the the big problem with Connor McDavid is I look at guys making guys around him better. We saw Magic Johnson transform the Lakers as a rookie into a powerhouse. He got a few more years out of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I look at the Edmonton Oilers, and McDavid hasn't done much with the Edmonton. This is a team that's kind of mired in, 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 in mockery there. They just keep spinning their wheels. Yeah, you get past the Kings, but you go no further. And it reminds me of Ovechkin when in, in Washington. You know, you got one cup, you should have had two or three. The Penguins were in your way, I understand that. But but Dard and Taze are going to build something there in Chicago. Chicago, you know, is, is going to get into this thing. I think uh, the, the team that's really a loser in all this is the team that picked number two again, and that's the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, they lose out on Bedard. And they lose out on Crosby a few years ago when they had to draft Bobby Ryan there. So I think yeah, if you're yeah, looking for point, a loser, you know, that's that's where I'm looking at as far as a loser. But now the second pick, they picked up that, 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 that kid, man. He's 6'2", 194 pounds, Leo Carlson, a center. And I like this guy. I mean, he's he played in the Swedish Hockey League. Keep an eye on this guy because I think this guy could do something. The other guy I think could do something. It was who the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets got to get back to Wayne Ways. Adam, Adam Fantilli, the center from Michigan. This guy won the Hobie Baker Award as top men's player in NCAA hockey this season. So another young kid, 18 years old. I think that's a winner. But I think the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, if you want to use the mighty in there, have been the loser the last two times when they have had a chance to get that number one pick. Yeah, that's just being snake bit. And how about you? Who 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 are the winners of round one? Who are the losers? Well, I'm I'm gonna put a knife right through your heart, Joe, uh, on a couple of these. Uh, the Don't first do one, it. Don't I like do it. The Philadelphia Flyers. I love Mitchkov and the fact that they can oh. stash him over in Russia for another year or two, so they can tank again and put themselves in position to take Celebrini next year if the ping-pong balls go their way. And uh, Mark alluded to it, Columbus. A couple of Michigan men heading to Columbus. Oh, uh, that, I, that That is oh. like – if that is a, a dagger – that is a stake in the heart of my Wolverine vampire. That is horrible. <laughs> uh, it's like we, when they move south, they lost two guys. Not one, but two. Babcock's killing me. That made my weekend. And then one other real quick one was Nashville. <laughs> of course one of my favorite players, Matthew Wood, would have loved to have seen his name called by the Penguins. Uh, but I think 
uh, he can get to the NHL a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Uh, he's going to play college hockey, and quite frankly, uh, I think that's much better for development than anyone that has to go back to the CHL. Losers real quick, uh, well, the, the Boston, Florida, Tampa that didn't have picks, uh, Arizona, I mean, you're trying to get a new arena built. You're trying to keep that fan base engaged, and you take a couple of Russians. And Daniel Boot was way overdrafted, in my opinion. And then the last loser was trade trade analysts, guys that score trades, because there were no trades. You know, that's a great point. I, I can't remember. It's got to be at least 20 years, or maybe, maybe where there wasn't a trade in the first round. Not a guy moving up, not a team moving back, not a player, you know, for a futures deal, nothing. Uh, it was kind of boring. It was chalk, right? You know, like it was it was fun to watch because it was fast. You know, you didn't yeah. have to worry about that. And the NHL does a really good job at that where they just, you know, they, they kind of know what's going on and they're walking up with their jerseys and the kids are coming out of the audience and walking down and getting up on stage. And I think it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I think a surprise for me was exactly what you – it was Arizona just, just pooping the bed, man. Like I, I – I, I don't know what they, they had two picks in the top 12. They had a chance at Mishkov, and I was hoping they would take him because if anybody has time to wait, it's them. They're, they're, they've got to wait to build a new arena or they're not going to be there. They've got to, you know, Armstrong's got so this long leash, and they go out and, and draft Simashev, who will likely be a very good defenseman, but overdrafted him, overdrafted Boot. Uh, their draft was so crazy. Like they, look, I, re- I know how Pacific hockey is. I get it. Like these guys play heavy hockey out that way. And they've got the Kings and the Ducks. And, and you know, Arizona, for whatever reason, did not draft a guy under six foot tall. It was six foot tall. And, uh, it was almost like a, a directive or something out there, uh, you know, that they, they put in the desert water. Uh, and they just went big. Big, big, big. And a lot of these guys aren't going to be there for a while. But I think my most disappointing team was Arizona. I agree with you guys. But, what, you know, back to you, Emmett, for a second. Was there anything in that first round or anything else in the draft, save for, you know, like you said, no trades in, the, in round one that really kind of caught you off guard? Not not too, too much. Uh, as you said, it is uh, – it was so deep that uh, people go into chalk and people holding on to, to the peg. Uh, you know, we're, Arizona is really the only thing that had me scratch my head and then at the same time saying, well, you know, that's Arizona. Mark, how about you? Anything in there that, that kind of sent shockwaves down your spine? Well, I will tell you what Detroit is building is watch out. Uh, Iserman is putting fingerprints that I haven't seen since Scotty Bowman uh, started doing it in Detroit. And keep your eyes, and I've been saying this for a few years, that trade they pulled with Ottawa to get that Michigan kid in there, Alexander DeBraga, uh, watch out, man. They're they building something. They in, in signing Chris Draper to uh, be, you know, to run the uh, hierarchy as well up there. I, I think, you know, you're going to see the Detroit Red Wings be, become a force and when I say the Detroit Red Wings, um, we, we have seen streaks go by the wayside in hockey. And the Penguins just had their snap this year, trying to extend it into the playoffs. We saw what the Red Wings did. I think it was 25 years straight without missing the playoffs. And, and the Red Wings are going to be getting back into the playoffs, my friend. 
Great. Well, look, guys, we're coming to the end of our time here. We only have about five minutes left. And, and one of the things that Draft Nation wants to do at the end uh, of every show is have a bit of a, a lightning round. We want to have a little bit of fun. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys, I've got three questions. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, you know, I'll throw out mine first. I'll, I'll be the first kid in the pool in each of these. Uh, but I want your answers. These these are designed to be one word or one sentence. You know, if you don't, you know, if we go off on a tangent, that's great. But we're, you know, um, so my three questions are this because we're talking about drafts. We talked about baseball. We talked about hockey. I'll start with you, Emmett. Uh, your favorite hockey movie of all time? Oh, Slapshot. All right, Mark. You got a you got a fave. Yeah, Emilio Estevez and the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> See, I, I my my split a little bit. I, I like, I love, loved. I'm like, I, I actually as as an ex hockey player, I I I I was weepy with Miracle. You know, I thought that was a really really well done with, with Kurt Russell. But you know, I also have to kind of get, tip my hat if I'm allowed to the to the McKenzie brothers. Uh, with Strange yeah. Brew from back in the day. I, I don't know if that counts, but, you know, I, I, like, I like that in Mystery Alaska, so I'll keep that. Second question, I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, favorite baseball movie of all time? Oh, Major League, without a doubt. Uh, Charlie Sheen in it, and, uh, well, you know, uh, it was just simply amazing, the, the, the Cleveland Indians being a joke, and then Corby Burnson in it and stuff, and um, you know, to this day, whenever I look at the uh, the manager there, if, if he was a little thinner, he'd look like Jim Leland, and I can't think of his name. Lou Brown. That played the man. Yeah, yeah. If he was just a little skinnier, he he, he could yeah he could definitely pass for uh, Jimmy Leland. <laughs> He's selling white walls. One of the classic, the classic yeah. call of up. He's like, I've got to sell a pair of white walls. I'll be right back. So, Emmett, how about you? Favorite favorite baseball uh, movie I'm, of all time? I'm probably on Major League as well. Um, uh, I made sure to not say Major League Two, but Major League as well. Uh, <laughs> Lou Brown and Reggie Dunlap, greatest coaches in in, in oh, movie yeah. history because they they took a town on their backs and they made a bunch of bums champions. <laughs> so I, I I'm going to make it the hat trick, boys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big Major League guy. Also, <laughs> to not use as well or the word two, uh, you know, in the description, because I, I don't believe that there were any other major leagues except for the first movie. Everything else was kind of, I don't know, it's like Hollywooded. I don't, I don't know what happened there. But, you know, first of all, you, you, you've got, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Mark. You got Lou Brown. And I know that people are probably, I'm gonna, I, can, I can wait for my email and my Twitter to blow up after the show. Uh, you know, in all honesty, I mean, people are going to be, jacked up about that because I didn't say, you know, natural or I didn't say field of dreams or, or whatever, but let's face facts, major league basketball. You, you got Willie Mays Hayes. You, you've got yeah. one thing, Rick Vaughn. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you don't go worse than Serrano versus Harris in the dugouts with hats for bats and, you know, praying with like voodoo chickens and, and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun, but all right, Jeff, look, we got one minute left here. Uh, I'll go back to you, Emmett. Your since we're talking drafts, favorite number one pick overall in any sport and why? Oh man, Mariel Lemieux, <laughs> uh, because it saved Pittsburgh, made them uh, what they are. Without Mariel Lemieux, there is no Penguins. 
Well, well said. Well said. You actually stole mine. I kind of was hoping you wouldn't, but I kind of knew you <laughs> would. So I, I too, uh, the Lemieux stuff, trans- I, I was, you know, it, I grew up in the era of the U.S. 80 team winning the gold. And then a few years later, Lemieux comes to the city. And so I was one of those first Pittsburgh kids that didn't play football. I got a pair of ice skates. I went to go play hockey. It was like, it, once it was in your blood, it was in your, in your blood. But Mark, over to you to finish this up. Your favorite, number one pick overall, any sport, you name it, and tell us why. I'm going to stick on the same thing with the Penguins, and I'd have to go Marc-Andre Fleury. His first game, I think he stopped 50-something shots against the L.A. Kings. I'm going Marc-Andre Fleury, number one pick of the Penguins, and he really solidified it with Crosby and Malkin there. They should have won maybe a couple more cups. Uh, but I, I love Mark Andre Fleury, and I think if I'm not mistaken, he's third in wins on an all-time goalie list. Yeah, you know he's. I think he may have actually hit second this past year. You might be right on third. I know it's he's he's closing in, uh, and I know that our NBA analyst Joey Davis is going to love you for saying that because I'm almost certain that was his favorite pick too. But look, gents, thank you very much for being on the inaugural show. Uh, you know, I wish we can go on for another half an hour, but we can't. Uh, big thanks to both of you as our guests and, of course, our sponsor again, Caliente's Pizza and Craft House. Uh, if you haven't had their Doritos pizza, I'm telling you, go and get it. You, you'll, uh, it'll change your life. Check them out at worldsbestpizza.com. Uh, and remember, uh, while Draft Nation may be off the air, we are always on the clock for you. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'm Joe with 412 signing off. Thank you very much for joining us.